Hey everyone, welcome back to Unlock Meaning, where we explore the strategies and tools to live a life of meaning and significance in every season of your life. I'm your host, David Brolman, and I dream that you can live a life filled with purpose and passion. Thank you for tuning in to become happier, more fulfilled, and more passionate. Each week, I'm revealing tips, strategies, and mindsets that enable me to live a life of purpose and significance as a Christ follower, scientist, and executive biotech leader, and humanitarian. I'm also having conversations with people from all around the world who stopped playing it safe and instead shoot for something bigger that will make this world a better place so that you can gain new perspectives on living life with meaning and purpose. You can also find us on MyMeaningInLife.com. Let's get started. Are you tired of being single? Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Well, in this episode, I'm going to show you five simple ways that will help you become a more purposeful single and thrive. Hey there, my name is David, and if you're like me, you probably think that being single has its drawbacks. But what if I told you that being single can be one of the most rewarding experiences of your life? Today, you'll discover five simple ways that will help you become a more purposeful single. Number one, as a purposeful single, make Jesus your priority. It's so tempting to put all your energy into finding the one. You may feel lonely. Yes, I feel lonely. You feel lonely. We all feel lonely. You may wish to share your life with someone dear to your heart, and that's great. Be assured, this desire is very normal. But in this process, you can easily lose sight of what is most important. And don't try to fill the void you're feeling, but fix your eyes on Jesus instead. He is with you on this journey. By making Jesus your priority instead of concentrating your energy to find your spouse as soon as possible, you will enter into a much greater dimension of life dimension of abundant blessing. All you who fear God, how blessed you are, how happily you walk on his smooth, straight road. This is what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 128, verse 1. If you make Jesus your priority, guess what will be happening? You will become more like him. The more time you spend with him, the more you will even emulate his actions and take up his work. Jesus will show you exactly how true love looks. Make it a priority to get to know him better by regularly spending time in his presence. Jesus promises you that you will do great things if you abide in him. He said, I am divine. You are my branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 
five. And this is my mistake. I thought I could handle and figure out singleness alone. And Jesus said, no, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I realized that if I do things myself, I try to figure it out, the result is not so great most of the times. And notice the word much, and that's what I want. I want you to bear much fruit. I want you to thrive. I want you to be happy. Because when you are connected to him, you will leave behind your ordinary life, which was constantly in survival mode. Let's stop, guys, this survival mode life. It's just not worth living. No, we are called to a much better life. A life where we thrive, where we are passionate, where we are happy, where we feel fulfilled, despite challenging circumstances. And you know what? As a result, you will live a life that is full. It's full. And it's not only full, it's actually overflowing. You will bear much fruit. Number two, give thanks. Give thanks. If you have been single for a while, there is a chance that you have complained. I have. I have complained many times. (laughs) I have had moments when I have experienced a lot of frustration because I had not yet found my wife. And let's face it, singleness is hard. It is very hard. And I stopped seeing many of the good things because of that I actually had in my life. And chances are is that you have many great things in your life. And you know, I entered into this complaining mode. Mm, it's not fair that I'm still single. It's not fair. Look, Jesus, I have served all the years faithfully. I have attended all the church service. You know, I did everything right and nothing happens. What's going on? <laughs> I have sought your kingdom first, but I am still alone. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> you know, the Apostle Paul had many reasons to complain. He was single and totally committed to move forward with his dream project, the church. He wrote, We are afflicted in every way, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. Because of his dream to plant churches, Paul spent many years of his life in prison. He could have said, it's not fair. I am fed up with this hardship. I give everything I have and the only reward I get is more pain. Considering his context, his answer is intriguing. Paul said, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Hmm, hard thing to do. All circumstances include those dark times when you feel lonely. Those dark times when you feel frustrated or you just don't figure your singleness out. Give thanks in these moments. And Paul adopted a lifestyle in which he would always give thanks to God, the Father for everything. And you know, one night he and his friend Silas, they were in prison. And they started to sing hymns and again, they were in prison because they had done nothing wrong, but they just threw him into prison. But instead of complaining and saying, it's not fair about how badly the Philippians treated them, they gave thanks to God. Their perspective changed in that moment completely. A miracle has happened that very night in prison. 
the earth shook, the prison gate sprung wide open, and finally the prison guard and his family accepted Jesus. And this was all due to a decision to give thanks. Because when you give thanks, your perspective will change. Did Paul's circumstances change? No, not at all. He was still in prison. What changed was his perspective because you may say that you are single, but you are not alone. This new perspective gives you hope. And Paul was still confident. We are hard-pressed. Let's face it on every side. And that's how Paul faced it. And we are a single or hard-pressed, yes. But Paul said, but not crushed. We are not in despair and not persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, Paul did not deny his circumstances, not at all, not a, not a single minute. But what he did was to say, I am this, but I have hope. He, could, he probably said, I am single and frustrated, but God is still in control. I don't figure out my singleness, but I still trust in the Lord. I feel alone, or I feel lonely, but I am not alone because Jesus is with me. You see the difference, the mindset shift that happens? Number three, share your fears or your deepest fears with God. Share your deepest fears with God. God is with you and he likes to hear how you feel. There is nothing wrong about feeling frustrated and hurt and despair on disillusions. No, that's part of life. That's Life is not always fair. Life is not always easy. Life is not always amazing. But what is essential is what you do about it. And Paul shared it. He had times when he was afraid too. He was human as we are. And you and me, while at Corinth, Paul was afraid. And during the night, the Lord spoke to him in a dream. He said, don't be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you. How did God know that Paul was afraid? But obviously God knows our deepest and innermost feelings. But I think Paul just told him in his prayers, Hey, God, you know, I don't get it. I'm afraid. Like, it's dangerous. Like, help me. The same thing you can do. Hey, God, I have been single for too long. I don't get why I'm still single. I'm frustrated. I feel alone. I'm... I don't figure it out. God can handle that. God can handle your frustrations. You know, even Jesus, the son of God, did not hold back his feelings before dying at the cross. When he was alone in the garden, when his disciples fell asleep once again, he poured out his heart to God and he told his disciple that his soul was very sorrowful, even to death. And we are told that Jesus went three times to pray. You know, God is not afraid of our innermost thoughts and feelings, even if it's messy. He is interested in every single detail of our lives. So share your deepest fears with him. And Paul told us exactly how to do it. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
in everything, we should do it. Everything includes your single life, your frustration, your doubts, your question. When you share it with God with an attitude of gratefulness, you will receive a peace that exceeds your wildest imagination. This brings us to point number four. Hold on to God's promises. Because we read in the Bible, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And you know, we know that there is a spiritual reality. What we see is just a part of the entire reality. When you feel lonely, you easily focus on what you solely see. On the other hand, while we pray, God is working on our behalf. And that's the hard part because we don't see it. But God is working and God is making a difference. The Bible holds numerous promises and, well, they are invisible, obviously. We need to believe and that's where faith comes in. They will come to pass. If God promises something, they will, these promises will come to pass. And Joshua, I like this story of Joshua so much, the new leader of the Hebrews when he's the successor of Moses. When he saw the walls of Jericho, the fortified city, he felt afraid, but he held on to his faith. God promised if he did not depart from the law, he would be successful. And guess what? He was successful, not because of his own strength, but because God made a difference. But they are strong, better skilled than we, he could have said. He held on to God's promises instead that he would deliver their enemies into their hands. And he did. God promised Joshua that he would make it away across the Jordan River. And God did. He made, he made a difference. Even though it was rainy season and the river was full, it was God made a miracle. And this is what Joshua saw. And he believed that God could make a way again. And you know, we too, we live by faith and not by sight. And this is, this means that instead of looking at your impossibilities, maybe, yeah, you don't see anymore where you're going to meet that person. Proclaim God's promises. God is faithful and God, God, God can work things out. You know, he can make miracles. He can open doors where there are no doors. No problem. Speak out the truth over your life. When I feel lonely, for instance, I say I am not alone because God is with me. When I think there is no hope anymore, I proclaim that God still is in control. And when I do not see how God can provide, it reminds me that everything is possible with God. Everything, everything is possible. You know, God has so much more in store for you and me than we can even imagine. He wants to surpass our wildest dreams. He wants to bless you in multiple ways. Hold on to his promises. And number five is constantly find ways to bless others. You know, a couple of years ago, I was on a mission trip to Cambodia, and that was amazing. The physical work under the hot sun was difficult. It was so hot. It was crazy. In the evenings, we would spend quality time with the team. And sometimes we would continue our discussions over drink until late into the evening or the morning. (laughs) Yes. And getting up early the next morning for another hardworking day was just challenging, to say the least. The mission trip was anything but relaxing. 
But when I flew back home, I felt so fulfilled. There was a peace inside of me. There was just something. You know, the interactions we experienced within the team and with the Cambodians were very rich. Now look at this. I have spent many relaxing vacations at the beach or snowboarding in the beautiful Swiss Alps. But I observed something strange. I did come home relaxed, but not that fulfilled. I did enjoy, obviously, the relaxing vacations, but no doubt. But the mission trip, however, was much more gratifying and my memories were more intense. Because even now, more than several years later, I still, it still feels as it happened yesterday. It's crazy, huh? And you probably have heard this quote, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I can tell you that is true. Why? Because God wires or wired us in this way. It's a godly principle. The one who sows will reap. The one who will sow abundantly will reap abundantly. And I came home fulfilled from Cambodia because I was serving. I was pouring everything into other people's lives. And when you start serving, you make a pivot from yourself to others. You start focusing on your own needs. And you know what? You will live for a higher purpose. And that's so rewarding. It's a noble cause to serve the people around you. And if you do it, you will be in good company. Because the Son of Man himself did not come to be served, but to serve. For that reason, we can constantly find ways to bless others. And that's how you are going to thrive. So here's my invitation for you. Become a purposeful single. Use this time. Leverage this time. Put these five steps into practice today. And you will see that you will become a single with purpose and a single that is happy and fulfilled. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. When we respond to God's calling, we find true joy and meaning. We have amazing resources waiting for you on our website, mymeaninginlife.com. If you've enjoyed today's session, please share it with your friends on your socials and help us review it on the platform you found us on. See you next time.